0: you will likely have to apply for it in order to receive it. So that's gonna be important. Don't don't forget about it. If there's someone that you know that has student loans, make sure they're aware of this information so they don't miss out. This is techie personal finance bootcamp where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Disclaimer alert. This information's for education, so don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor, because that's way more legit. That's it. That was Orlando Gomez, and you can catch him in Season 3, Episode 4, on How He Broke Into Tech by Writing a Jingle. Thank you for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm here today with a huge new announcement for student loan forgiveness. And it was announced on August 24th, 2022. I'm actually recording this that night at 9.52 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And uh, the reason why I didn't bust this out earlier is uh, yes, a little bit busy during the day, but also I was waiting and hoping that we'd get more clarity on uh, some of the questions I have to make sure I'm able to help my clients strategize and understand whether or not they're gonna be, eligible for the forgiveness. So that's the huge news. The forgiveness was announced. We'll talk through the details. We'll talk through what questions remain. Another big kind of news, which most people were expecting at this point, was there is going to be some final forbearance through December 31st. Uh, We're a week away from student loan payments starting back up. And it's nice to know that, well, there's going to be one last final breathing room headed into the end of the year and starting the new year, 2023. The income-based forgiveness is definitely the the huge news, and we'll dive into that in more details. And there's a third kind of piece of the news that was pretty important for a lot of people too. There's new payment options that will be available once student loan payments do start in 2023. So the forbearance is going to be pretty self-explanatory. I'm not going to dig into that anymore. But there's just a ton of questions regarding the student loan forgiveness. And the first obvious one is well, how much is student loan forgiveness going to be? And it does depend. Uh, it is twenty thousand dollars if you were a pell grant recipient and if pell grant is the if that's the first time you've ever heard those terms you most likely were not eligible for it it's for low income families for children that are going to be going to college or even adults that maybe have low income and they want to further their career opportunities so they went to college and received pell grant so it was based on income you had to have really really low income in order to qualify so if you think that you may have, you might want to dig into your record, see if that's something that you did receive, because it could be beneficial if you were not a Pell Grant recipient, like most people weren't, you are eligible for up to $10,000 for all other student loan borrowers, basically, as long as you meet the income limits. So what are those income limits? The income limit is 125000 and sometimes if you've already heard some of this news already, that might be what you think it's 125,000 whether you're individual or married that is not the case it actually doubles if you married filing jointly for your tax returns so the income limit is 125,000 for individuals and 250,000 for married filing jointly and also for head of households how are they going to confirm this income that's the big question mark that has not been answered it's not clear yet whether you're going to look at 2021 income that's already available by looking at tax returns and things like that could it be 2022? If so, I know I have a handful of clients that are right on the bubble of those income limits. And so I'm going to be having conversations with them as far as, well, once we do know whether or not it's 2022 income or 2021, there might be actions that they need to take uh, because they might be on the bubble if it's 2022. A few kind of ideas, as if you're listening to this and you're like, holy smokes, I might be on the bubble too for 2022. Well, 2022 is not done yet. So there might be ways to maneuver income a little bit from a tax strategy standpoint, which most likely is going to be impacting the numbers that they look at. Most government type aid and even the stimulus that rolled out for COVID and things like that. They almost always look at your tax returns and usually they look at your adjusted gross income. You can actually reduce your adjusted gross income by making traditional 401k contributions. If you're eligible to make IRA contributions, you can make those that will reduce your income and your adjusted gross income on your tax returns. HSA contributions, if you're eligible to make HSA contributions, will help you reduce your income as well. And due to this year being a little bit crazy in the stock market, you may also be able to use some losses in your stock portfolio if they're not specialized retirement accounts, if they're kind of individual brokerage accounts or joint brokerage accounts, and you have losses there, you might be able to do what's called tax loss harvesting, sell those assets that have losses right now, and you can help reduce your income by about $3,000 per year. If you have losses greater than $3,000, unfortunately, you only reduce your income by that $3,000. The remaining amount will get carried over forward to offset future gains. Or reduce your income by another 3000 until it's all used up. So those are a couple of ideas that I might be taking with a few of my clients that are right there on the bubble for 2022. Alternatively, though, and, and conversely, you might end up thinking that, oh, my income's 125000 exactly, I'll be good. But things that could blow that up, especially if you're on the bubble, is, well, what if there's an end-of-year bonus and it gets applied before the end of 2022? That that could definitely yep. shoot you right out of that bubble, recognizing capital gains. So if you have a, a stockbroker, some type of a financial advisor who's managing your investments and he doesn't understand tax planning, he doesn't understand what's going on with the student loan stuff, if they recognize big gains and all of a sudden it pushes you outside of the bubble because you're recognizing gains, that could be a huge, huge issue. It could cost you $10,000 or if you are a Pell Grant recipient, $20,000 so if you get bumped out of that bubble just because you made some gains in the stock market and those are recognized this year. If they end up looking at 2022 income, stock options is another big one. With RSUs, those those are unavoidable. Those are going to drop on you uh, no matter what. But things like non-qualified stock options, ISOs, incentive stock options, those things could trigger income for you. And that would be worth delaying until this all gets cleared up and you have a clear understanding whether or not it impacts you and your student loan forgiveness. 401k distributions, IRA distributions, all of these things will increase your income. And so you want to be very sure if you're anywhere close to the bubble or if those are sizable amounts that you do not accidentally go over that limit. So which student loans are they going to be targeting? Not a ton of details, so far it seems like they're just gonna kind of generically call them federal student loans. And if that's the case, that may include parent plus loans. They did specify that it will cover current student loans. So if you have a, a kid in college, if you're in college and you have you had just taken out brand new student loans and those are the only ones you have, you may be eligible. If you're if you have a dependent student. So I know a few of my clients have their son in freshman year. And what happens is they're Eligible for forgiveness, but they are going to look at the parent's income to qualify. So the parent's income would have to be below those limits in order for the dependent student's new student loans to be forgiven. So that's important to be aware of. Will it be automatic? So this is going to be super important, especially for any of those students, kids that don't have access to to people that know about what's going on with student loans. They might be not realizing that they're eligible for forgiveness and. It's not going to be automatic. So for a few people, it will be if the federal uh, student loan knows and is aware of what your income is, maybe you have an income-based repayment plan, they might have that information on file and they might automatically do it for you. But for most people, uh, there will be an application. Unfortunately, the application is not created yet. If it was, it would answer a lot of those questions for us already. Since it's not and it's not released right now, Basically, they just said they're going to try to do it as fast as possible. It won't be out no later than December 31st. So that's quite a while away that they're kind of giving themselves a buffer there. Once that's available, it's going to answer a lot of questions. Hopefully those questions get answered sooner rather than later, but you will likely have to apply for it in order to receive it. So that's going to be important. Don't don't forget about it. If there's someone that you know that has student loans, make sure they're aware of this information so they don't miss out on their forgiveness. What if you're in a situation where you have less than $10,000 in student loans? Well, the good news is uh, as long as you're eligible based on your income, you'll no longer have any student loans once the forgiveness is actually approved for you. And, and if you, for example, had like $7,000 in student loans remaining, well, that $7,000 gets wiped out. You don't receive the difference. You're not going to send you a check for the $3,000 of additional potential forgiveness that you would have had if you had a larger student loan balance. You hopefully can just be happy that you don't have any student loan payments remaining after that forgiveness is applied. One thing I do want to mention, though, because I do know a few people that have done this and, I, and I've seen a lot of people mention this even on social media, that they just kept paying their student loans during the COVID forbearance. Nothing really wrong with it unless you're kind of in the situation where it's like, hey, you had $10,000 in student loans when the COVID forbearance started you've made $3,000 worth of payments over the last three years. And one good kind of news for you, if that's kind of your situation or if it's anything related to that, any payments that you made during the COVID forbearance, you can actually request those to be sent back to you. Sorry about that. I actually want that money back. They will refund you those funds that you made payments on, and then you'll be forgiven for that additional amount to you. So for example, let's say you made $3,000 in payments, went from $10,000, student loan balance to 7, Only 7, is 7,000. Only 7,000 is gonna be forgiven unless you submit that request like, hey, send me that 3,000 back, they'll send it back. Your student loan balance is 10,000. Guess what? It's forgiven for 10,000 and you have $3,000 more for savings, any short-term goals, any upcoming goals that are important to you. So it's uh, pretty unique and it may apply to a lot of people if your balance is less than 10,000. If your balance is more than $10, it may not be worth going through that process to get it back unless there's some hardship. Maybe you had credit cards kind of rack up recently. That could be a reason too to maybe do this. It's not going to help you with the forgiveness side, but it could help you kind of in a tight situation right now if you accidentally made those payments and actually need those funds to be applied somewhere else. Another big question that's always been around for student loan forgiveness, because there is student loan forgiveness in other formats, public service loan forgiveness, a few other uh, ways as well. But will you owe taxes on the amount forgiven? And the answer is no. So there was actually a law change recently where they just said, you know what, student loans, when they're forgiven, that, that's no longer going to be taxable. It's never going to be something that student loan borrowers are going to have to worry about when their loans are forgiven. So no taxes owed on the amount forgiven. In the past, that was a concern. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good question because it was an issue a big issue, especially larger the balance, that, that more potential impact it could have been on the taxes. So, on this front, on forgiveness, there's still some questions out there regarding the application, what years' income they're going to use, and if there's still strategies that we can implement. And I'll be scouring the news constantly for updates and I'll bring those to you when they're available. Definitely reach out if you have specific questions. I'm not going to be meeting with clients specifically due to this announcement, just because there's not enough information for me to know whether or not we need to implement anything, but you can kind of use this information here. I'll also put this in print form. If you just kind of need to read it and reference it in the future to see kind of what the current situation is. And as soon as there's something actionable, we will definitely be jumping on calls and and doing those things urgently to make sure that uh, you're kind of in position. But for most people, you're either in or out. It's just really the bubble people that are gonna be concerned with having to act quickly if they're going to use that 2022 income. So the third thing uh, could be important, again, maybe not to you listeners of this podcast, because if you're in tech, you're probably more concerned with the, the income eligibility portion, but there is an important change as well that they announced regarding new payment options. There's going to be new income-based repayment options. And what this means is they're actually decreasing the portion of your discretionary income that's going to be used to calculate your monthly payments. That's going to help make sure that there's not a absurdly high burden of the student loans for just regular people, people that have lower income, and maybe just for whatever reason it is, their income's not going to be able to support their student loans, but they also need to be able to support family and stuff like that. So that's, this calculation is going to help that. It's actually decreasing, which actually is beneficial for you. And actually from that, they're going to make it even better. They're going to use that lower discretionary income than what it was previously. And from that, they're going to decrease the amounts of the discretionary income that's going to be used and expected to make student loan payments. So it used to be 10% for all of the, the current income-based repayment plans. And that's actually going to drop to 5%. So basically that's going to be in half, but with the discretionary income decrease, and in it, it's actually going to be less than half than what anyone on those income-based plans are used to. So that's nice. If if you still have remaining balances after forgiveness and your income is not going to be able to, to help support those payments, this is going to step in and it's actually make your payments a little bit less than half than what they used to be when you were making student loan payments in the past. Another crazy but awesome thing that is featured in this new payment option is interest will no longer accrue if your payment doesn't cover the normal interest. So this is to say, hey, if there's $200 that accrues monthly in interest, but your minimum payment that's required based on this new calculation is only $100. Well, if the interest is $200 and you only are able to make a $100 payment, what has happened in the past is your loan balance would go up by $100 and then interest would be applied to that $100 plus your original loan. And these things would balloon. And that's why you've heard stories about people that made $30,000 student loan payments on a $30,000 initial balance, but now they owe 72000 Like Those those numbers don't ever seem like they would make sense, but that's all because of what happens with interest compounding on itself and building up when your payments are not able to cover the interest plus the principal. And so that no longer is going to happen. This is no longer going to be a rolling away snowball for people. and Another kind of aspect too that might benefit some people is there's a new shorter forgiveness time frame for initial student loan balances. So uh, you may not have been aware, but for people making certain income-based repayments, there was forgiveness after 20 years of payments. This new option is going to be if your student loan balance when you first received all your student loans was $12,000 or less. Now, if you make these income-based repayments, for 10 years then the remaining amount. So let's say it has to be 12000 or less. So if in this instance, you had a $10,000 student loan and for 10 years you make $3,000 worth of payments just because that's all you could afford with all the situations and stuff that comes up, there would be a $7,000 balance remaining and that would be forgiven after 10 years. So it's still... Still another way of forgiveness, and that is specific to balances under twelve thousand. The old way, the normal way, and for anyone that has a balance that was greater than twelve thousand when they first started making their student loan payments, that will stay at twenty years. So, a kind of same type of example, but using larger dollar amounts because it had to be greater than twelve thousand. After twenty years, if you still had a balance remaining after that, gets forgiven. So that's that's another important thing. I know not ton of my listeners will qualify in that particular chunk of things unless you just have a hugely, insanely amount of student loan debt. And if that's the case, I'm glad that uh, this would still be able to provide some type of help, but definitely the payments and your payments being half of what they would have been normally uh, should be significant help in just kind of navigating life. So thank you for listening in this update. I will be on the prowl for more information regarding the forgiveness details that we're still looking for answers for. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.